Very warm greetings to all in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Now let us turn our Bibles tonight to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We continue in our studies on dealing with this sin of lack of self-control. In other words, incontinence incontinence. Tonight, we want to learn further how to manage the sin of incontinence. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, let's read verses 24, 24 to 27. One, two, reading. Now, eh, sorry, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the price, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a cast away. May God bless the reading of his word. Let us turn to God in prayer. Eternal God, our gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we thank you for journey mercies to thy house. We acknowledge, O Lord, it is thy goodness, it are mercies that we are not consumed. We pray once again for thorough cleansing and washing of all our sins. And Lord, tonight we pray that you help us to truly learn how to, Lord, master this sin of incontinence. And we pray that your holy word, Lord, will be light unto our path. Lord, help us and guide us. May we be obedient to do them so that we may, Lord, be victorious as Christians. And Father, we pray for removal of all distracting thoughts, the tiredness of the day, the concerns of the affairs of the world, and cast our hearts and mind upon thee, even now as we study your word. We ask and we pray that both young and old, Lord, will learn, and Lord, you will build a strong people that will do thy work, love you, live for you in this world. This is what we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we have been learning the few R's, all right? How to overcome the sin of incontinence. Incontinence is, in effect, lack of self-control, all right? Lack of self-control. It's a very, very evident sin in the last time. Well, of course, God's word is always true. This will be one of the master sins in the end times. And it will also be found in the church among Christians. He was writing to Christians, so do not forget that. So, the sin of incontinence. Now, we learned a few R's so far, right? The first one is, well, renew the spirit of your mind, Unless the Christian have a different thinking altogether. I am living in the end times. The sin of incontinence is common but doesn't make it right. And I want, I want to be a Christian that, is, that, that has self-control. Otherwise, you will always struggle. Whatever you hear from God, so why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? Why can't we enjoy the world like the my, my friends, like other Christians, why, 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 why? Until the Christian renews, as God says, after you are saved, renew 
the spirit of your mind. There must be a new spirit. Lord, I want to be holy. I want to have self-control. I want such a life, Lord. Like Paul says, I press towards the mark of the high calling. So young people, unless that is your new thinking, you will find the Bible to be very, very onerous, very, very unpleasant because it's all about obeying this and obeying that. But once your mind is renewed, once you have a different attitude, Lord, I want to be holy, as holy as possible on earth by your grace. You will say, Lord, teach me how to be self-controlled, right? Every athlete is like that. Now, then we learn remove and replace. There's no use to just make up your mind. You need to remove things that tempt you, trigger those addictions. Then it's no use unless you replace them. Replace them with Christian pursuits. You don't replace them with spiritual things. The Word of God, prayer, fellowship, serving God, you will keep going back. You lay it aside, you will just return to it. And then, well, we also learn that you can keep trying on your own. You will fail. You need to rely on God, right? The next R is rely on God. Thomas, what does relying on God mean? Very good. Right? Relying in word and in prayer. When you say we rely, you go and see, on, see a doctor. Doctor, I have an addiction. I have a problem. You're relying on him. What do you mean by you're relying on him? Well, number one, you trust what he tells you to do. And you will obey. After you leave the clinic, you will obey what he tells you to do. That's the meaning of I rely on this doctor to help me out of this addiction. Incontinence is an addiction. God's Word have many things to say about how to, what to do when you're in, under the enslavement of any particular besetting sin. Not only that, well, then it means that whatever you learn in God's Word, you, re, you obey it. Now, that is our problem, right? We don't obey it. We don't link it to doing. And then it's no use if you keep trying in your own strength. You must pray. Go to as you obey, you pray, you will know, you experience the strength of God. Then we learned about retry, retrying. We saw from medical science how addictions, incontinence, any kind, whether don't think it is related to drinking, alcoholism, um, drugs, pornography, any kind of addiction, it there is a change to your to your mind biologically. And to overcome that, it takes time, right? It takes time to heal those so-called damage parts that causes this addiction, the, the pleasure center, all right? The, the reward center. I do this, I feel relieved. And then I need to keep doing it more and more and more. You need to know that addiction causes biological damage. That is why it takes time. Retry meaning to say the Christian who gives up, who gives up, does not believe that God says you persevere, which is what we're going to learn tonight. I don't believe, Lord, it doesn't work. I just keep going back to these sins. It doesn't work. You give up too soon. It's just like someone who has a deep cut, a deep wound, and the doctor said it will take time to heal. After, some, after a few days of obeying him, don't do this, don't take care of it. No, it doesn't work. And then you keep slashing it again. Right? That is exactly what we do when we give up. Don't give up. Now, the Apostle Paul, he is an apostle, greatly used of God, such a holy man. He had the same problem. 
He wrote about it in Romans. He talked about how he wants to do the things that he wants, that spiritually he wants to do, but he fails very often. Things that he do not want to do, he keeps doing them. He experienced that as well. It took time. That is why he could write it with conviction. Just trust God's word and do it. Believe in him. Obey him. He will always enable you to overcome it. But we give up too soon. As I've mentioned, even medical science says, many of these paths that are built in us that create this addiction, whether it's watching something or doing something, certain habits, it takes at least, well, some reports say at least 90 days. How long, how long have you been trying? Some takes years. They acknowledge it takes years. And even after that, there's always the problem that can return. All right? So don't play with any kind of sin that will cause you to be addicted. And if you're in addiction, you better deal with it. Now, so retry. Now tonight, we come to this part where we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, why must I cover the retry first? Because if I were to jump into straight away to God's word, what to do? What does God's word tell us to do to overcome incontinence, addictions? You will shut off because you say, we've heard that so many times. I've tried and it fails. I've been a Christian for a long time. It doesn't work. It's nothing new. I'm hoping for something new. There's nothing new until you realize you have to stick at it. What you're going to learn tonight onwards, the next hours, you have to stick at it and know that over time you will overcome. Like the Apostle Paul, all right? So now we learn the things to do and you must not give up in these things. It may take years. Now the next R is this. Look at First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Now notice a word that is repeated. It's easy, right? The R. What is that? Uh, Anna. What is the R that is repeated? Run, right? You can't run away from that. Run, R. Run. Look at verse 24. They wish run one time. A race, run all two times. So run third time. And then you look at verse 26. I therefore so run, run. Now the Christian know I must not give up. I must keep trying. Trying what? Running. Running. Now what is this about? Now this is Reminding us that the Christian walk is a race and all must run. No Christian should ever think that my Christian life is just, well, I get saved, then, well, I just cruise. You know, I, well, as, when I feel like it, I go to church. Um, when I feel like it, I pray. When I feel like it, I read the Word once in a while. Well, what is this whole thing about living a holy life? Well, it's optional, no. The Christian life is a race, and everyone, as long as you are a believer, you are in a race. Everyone is zooming past. You have to run. If you don't run, you will fall. You will slide backwards. This race is always an uphill race. Don't think of it like a track, all right? It's a constant uphill slope. 
The moment you stop pushing and running, you're only sliding back. There's no such thing as I'm a stagnant Christian. A stagnant Christian is just rationalizing to say I'm backslided. It's always a race. You stop, you slide back. You will fall back into, in other words, if you don't keep trying, retrying, and running the race, you will relapse. You will relapse back to your old ways, back to your old addictions, for sure. Whether it's, it's well, um, um, ill-disciplined with time, with, with anything, all right? Food, anything. So this running, the Christian must know, I must make up my mind, teenagers, I must make up my mind that I am supposed to be holy. I must run. That's one thing. Now, the other thing about this word run, all right, it has to do with throwing all your energy behind this running. So, so it, is, it is both marathon as well as sprint, okay? It's, it's a marathon sprint. It means you have to put all your energy behind it. So it is not just, well, simply, um, well, I'll try then. Well, some Christians, they, they are very serious about their walk, but I, I, I'm not going to be such a serious Christian. Then you simply say, I don't want to run. That's all. Many teenagers over time slowly and surely end up in addictions, end up backsliding. Same for the adults. Because of the failure to say, I will throw all my energy behind being holy. There is no such thing as, well, I'll be a party girl as well as, well as a Christian girl. I will be, um, uh, uh, well, um, flirtatious. I'll flirt with sin as well as try to be a holy Christian. There's no such thing. As long as you don't have this mindset, you will keep staying in your addiction. All right? Don't kid yourself. Throw all your energy behind it. Now, it also then means that you cannot be idle. All right? The moment you idle, you will slide back. Everything that you can find your hands to do, studying the Word, prayer, fellowship, serving, you have to throw your energy behind it. No idle time. The moment the Christian wants to have, well, I want to have a slow and relaxed um, retirement life. That is dangerous thoughts. I want to have a slow and relaxed um, um, working life, you know, family life. It's too hard to push to bring up godly seed and it's a dangerous thought. Any idleness will always cause you to relapse. If you're honest, you admit that. How is it that you often go back to that very sin that you want to get out of? Idleness, free time. It's, so this word has to do with occupy yourself. Be busy in Christian pursuits. Don't stay at home. If, now I'm saying, keep going out to, to play, be playful. If there are meetings in church, the study of the word, prayer, fellowship, service, just go, be busy. Remember I said, any one of you who've been so busy, you say, I've been so busy. FABC courses, um, service, um, coming um, two, three times a week, then the Sunday serving again, busy with, with uh, my own Bible studies, busy with, with bringing up uh, my family. All this Christian pursuit, I, I really don't have time for my hobbies. You are in a good position. Now, I'm not saying that the Christian cannot have any hobbies, but if you know that you are struggling with lack of self-control, 
It is not a time to relax. All right? So throw yourself in being busy. Busyness always keeps you from sin. All right? It keeps you. Because you're so occupied with Christian pursuits, your thoughts are always on things above, on things every time you want to relapse, you're too busy for that. And then you do something for God or you study the Word of God and then, well, it helps you to be strengthened. Keep yourself busy. If you are busy like that, thank God for it. Now then, the next one about this word, run. It is hurry. So it's, it's hurrying along. That's the picture. Someone who's always hurrying along. Busy and hurrying along. Now in other words, the Christian must fight this particular problem called procrastination. Procrastination. Procrastination is one of the biggest enemies to, self, to self-control. Procrastination means you know you have to do something, but you keep delaying it. You keep pushing it to later or to tomorrow. Why? Because you want to indulge in that thing that is mastering you. I'll just watch a little bit more. All right? I'll just um, spend a little bit more time on this. I'll just ask, um, enjoy this pleasure for a while more. A while. Maybe tomorrow I'll get serious with this run. Maybe when I am in high school, then I get serious. Maybe when I'm in university, maybe when I am working, maybe when I'm don't procrastinate. All right? I'm talking about long-term procrastination, but the worst is your daily procrastination. I often counsel young people and they say, Pastor, I find that I keep going back to this and all that. I say, well, what's, what's your day like? They say, yeah, one of the problems is I procrastinate a lot. By the time it's end of the day, I found that I didn't do much. And again, I was just, I was just back to my old ways. Procrastination. Now, procrastination is the feeding of your flesh. You understand what I mean? The flesh. Your body wants to do something. You f- don't feel like running with God. The Word, service, fellowship, prayer. You don't feel like running. The Christian life is something that, is, that must be governed, not by feeling. All right? Not by feeling. We'll come to that a bit more afterwards, all right? So, but procrastination is something you must deal with. If you have been resolving to, do, to deal with a, an addiction that you're having, whether it's a, it's a, it may not be a sinful thing, but it's a hobby that you find that is taking up a lot of your time, a lot of your heart, you know you are begin, beginning to be uh, controlled by that. Stop procrastinating. Make up your mind that I'm going to run. Now, the next R is this. Now, with that, you must resolve. All right? You must resolve to look at, look at verse, um, verse 24. So run that ye may obtain. Run that ye may obtain. You must resolve to obtain. Obtain what? Now, this is about mastery. Verse 25, And every man that striveth for mastery, you must resolve to master, to master whatever sin that is mastering you. You must resolve. In other words, you must not enter this race 
against whatever that you're struggling against, all right? Laziness, even procrastination itself, all right? There must be a resolution say, I want to win this. No one enters into the race. Paul said, no one enters into the race. Look at how he puts it. Now, know ye not that they which run in a race run all. They give it their all, number one. But one receiveth the prize. They, they want to be the one that received the prize. In other words, Paul is saying, look at these, these Olympians, look at these Greek um, um, runners in any game for the matter. They do not enter it not intending to win. So he say, so run that ye may obtain. Likewise for the Christian race. You make up your mind that I will not be I will not be mastered by this. I will overcome it by the grace of God. Whatever God tells me, I am going to do it and I am going to win. If you enter this saying, oh, I've lost, I've tried all this, yes, I've, I give up, all right? The retry is a problem. I always feel, this is something, well, many things I can overcome, but this is a master sin over me. I can never win. Well, you may feel that way, but you must resolve in your heart, but I am not going to I am not going to give up. I am not as holy as I ought to be. I know I'm becoming more and more worldly as a teen. I'm going to run differently now. I make up my mind once and for all to leave the world behind. So it must begin there as well. All right? So is there a resolution in your heart? Or you say, it's, it's, I'm too old for this. Or... I'm too busy. I, I, and anyway, I, I don't think that I can ever overcome this. Then you say, God, you are a liar because God says, I can do all things. Reminds us, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You can. All right, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but you know you can. Now then, the resolution that you may win. All right? Now if you're resolved in your heart, Lord, when I meet you face to face, I resolved that I would have lived an overcoming life, a victorious Christian life. Have you ever thought of that? Our theme this year is about the return of Christ. He can come as a thief in the night, anytime. Anytime. Have you resolved in your heart that I will not be caught if the Lord were to return tonight? I will not be caught doing something in my addiction. I resolve, this is not going to be how I meet my Savior. Or I may die suddenly, or it may be some day down the road, some years down the road that the Lord returns, or you meet Him first. I resolve that I will meet my Lord. Any minute of the day, any, minute, any time of the year, I will meet my Lord as an overcoming Christian. Or you say, ah, no, this, I'm just going to be, this is the average Christian life, that is all I have. Don't, because that is only that you only have one chance to live your life, resolve to be a winner. You can. All right? Then we move to the next. Well, before this, this, all right, in resolve. Now, if you look at your Bibles, right, so, so run that you may obtain. Then in verse 25, in verse 25, and every man that striveth for mastery, all right, striveth for mastery. So if you say, Lord, I resolve, I want to overcome the sin that has been mastering me, so you want to strive for mastery. Now, this word striveth for mastery is just one Greek word, all right, from which we get the English word agonize. Agonize, agony. 
So every man that says, well, I resolve to be an overcoming Christian, to run the race, you must not have any uh, misconception that is going to be easy. Many give up and stop retrying because it's tough. So, so God chooses this word, striveth for mastery. It is an agonizing um, run. Agonizing run. Now you see people who are being brought out of addiction. You see them, they literally were agonized. All right? Especially trying to get out of drug addiction. You will see they will lie on the floor, they will tremble, they will shake, they will perspire, they will cry, the mucus coming all over. They go through tremendous physical agony. The recovery process can be very agonizing. We studied that last week, right? Because the brain, even the brain grows, goes into trauma in that sense. That's why the, it comes out in your body's reaction, all right? Addiction has that kind of physical effect. Sometimes when it, you give up, you will feel this discomfort, this, this, well, um, difficulty, you struggle. Well, that's one aspect, and the other... So, so ex expect it to be difficult. The other one is, yes, this agonizing, it can be, well, you can lose friends as you strive for mastery. You can lose friendships, you can lose... Well, you can lose financially as well. You can lose sleep as well. You can lose many things. But is the cost worth it? Yes. So God says, every man, without exception, in other words, verse 25, it's not going to be easy for the Apostle Paul, it's not going to be easy for you and I, right? But if you have not made up your mind to run, like I said, the rest of the hour are, not going, are just going to roll off your back. No, I'm not going to go through all these kind of sacrifices. I'm not. Biblical separation, obedience in all things, making choices based on the word of God that may be very, very, may, may seem to be causing you to lose out in this world. So you don't chase, you don't intend to run and be an overcomer and meet Christ as sanctified as you can be or half worldly, half godly, then you won't want this agony. Now, then the next R, all right, the next R. In verse 25, and every man that striveth for mastery is temperate, is temperate in all things. Now, this word temperate is where we get the fruit of the Spirit, right? Temperance, right? Temperance. In other words, self-control, all right? Self-control. This R is about restrictions, restrictions. But before I go there, notice that isn't temperance a fruit of the Spirit? But why is it here that God says every man must be temperate in all things? But it's a fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is the Spirit will always give it to you. It is there, but you will not exercise it. You will not exercise it. You give in to the flesh instead of saying, I will exercise, I will restrict my flesh. I will restrict it. Now, this is about self-discipline. To overcome anything in your Christian walk, whether it's worldliness, whether it's um, 
um, any um, addiction of any particular thing. Without self-discipline, you have nothing to talk about. Now, what is this restriction? The Christian must say certain things. You know whatever it is in your life is your is the thing that masters you, enslaves you. You must say, I now totally restrict myself from that. You know what is restrict, restricted zone, right? Um, the government say restricted area, no trespassing. You say this may not be a, a problem for someone else, but you know it is for you. You restrict. Whether it's time usage, whatever it is, you find that, well, you know, every time I get home from school, I just end up just surfing and surfing and surfing and surfing. TikToking, is that such a word? <laughs> TikToking. And before I know, ah, it's, it's time to go to church already and I haven't done my homework. Then you must restrict. You must say, well, I am not, when I reach home, I will not touch those devices. It's off limits to me. If you don't do these things, you will never get off of any addiction. You just keep wondering why, why, why. I want us to remind us ourselves again. What does it mean I'm relying on God? The Christians say, I've been relying on God for so long, but I can't overcome this sin. Relying on God means if God tells you to be temperate in all things, restrict yourself, be self-disciplined in all things. All things means if that thing is a problem for you, but it's not a problem for someone, don't look at it like it's not a problem. It's all things. I have to restrict myself from it. Whether it's gluttony, all right? Whether whatever it is. Well, God has been saying that over and over again. Is this verse new to you? No. You've known it all your life as a Christian, but you've never relied on God. In other words, you never trusted God to say if you restrict it, you can master your sin. That is what God is saying. So you go to the doctor. Doctor, I want to master, all right? Verse 25, I want to strive for mastery over this this problem, this addiction that I have, then the doctor says to you, then restrict yourself from it. It takes time, right? Even medical science tells you, it takes time for those neural paths, right, to weaken. After some, ah, too difficult to restrict myself. That's God's advice. You, we are not trusting Him. Trust Him. Restrict yourself for, a, for long enough, it will it will be solved. Now, temperate in all things. So this is about um, restricting yourself, right? I'm, I'm mentioning, uh, yeah. Now, that is the other thing, this is the other thing I will mention. Now, you and I need to set goals. We need to set goals, right? You need to set boundaries and goals. In anything that you want to overcome, it's like these people running in a race, all right? They set certain goals to win. You must set goals. A person who does not set high goals is not going to get anywhere. Why does Paul say, I press towards the mark of the high calling? I press. So remember that word, the mark, is like this target. It's literally a target. Paul has a target. What is, do you set targets? Whatever is that that you're trying to overcome? Targets. How much time you will spend. How much money you will spend. How much 
um, energy you will spend on that thing and then restrict it to that. That is it. Well, of course, anything that is sinful, please don't say you can do a bit of it. But something that, is, that you're struggling with, you must draw lines. All right? So you must do, begin to do what God's Word says in verse 25. Now then, so this is about discipline, all right? Literally, self-control. Self-control. Now then, the next R. Now they do it to obtain an incorruptible account. We are corruptible. Then in verse, um, verse 27. But I, so how, how do I exercise self-control now? How do I be temperate in all things? Verse 27, Paul tells us. This is his lesson in his own life, all right? So he's not now just writing to you based on what he wants to tell you that he has not experienced, not done himself. Look at how he puts it. Verse 26, I therefore so run. So he said, Christian, I too struggle with things. I set goals. I want to be an overcomer. I press. But I want to share with you my experience of how I overcome these things. And I was a runner. Means I did not give up. I'm still running. All right? Verse 26, I therefore so run. But now he says, how, how do I do, how do I practice this restriction, in other words, self-discipline. Verse 27, first, I keep my body under. That goes to the next R. I keep my body under. Now, this description literally means, like you say, this boxing, right? Um, keep my body under. Um, in verse 20, 26, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. He said, I don't do shadow boxing, right? And even when, when I train for boxing, for example, he's using the athlete, at uh, the boxing realm, he said, it results in my body taking a beating. I keep my body under, the literal meaning is, I beat my body blue and black. Blue and black. I beat my body till it's blue and black. What is he talking about? Is he literally taking a stick and whacking himself? Of course not. They say, I will do anything, even if, I, even if it means injuries, I don't care. Even if it means pain, I don't care. I will beat it down to get what I want. So the, this R is about, you need to be radical. You need to be radical. These boxers, well, some are shadow boxing, and then they take things lightly. But Paul said, well, those that are good, I notice they're willing to let their bodies take a beating. They spar with someone, they get beaten. Injured, right? Blue, black. See, he's not one who's just out there to have fanciful moves. He's serious. Radical. Go through radical boxing training. Radical, the Lord has said so, hasn't he? All right, Matthew Chapter 5, I'll read to you, you're very familiar with this. But I say unto you, whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her heart already um, with her already in his heart. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not thy, that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. And you know the rest. Christ is talking about very radical actions. He's not talking about literally plucking out, right? You know that. But he says, you want to deal with sins? You have to be serious. 
if lusting, if unclean lust, unlustful thoughts, pornography, your eye problem, God says pluck it out. What does it mean? It means make sure that your eyes cannot see. It goes back to restriction. You have to make sure your eyes will not see these things. You have to do radical things, even if it means I will not use the computer. But it's going to be very difficult to live life without a computer. Well, do you want to be serious? Paul says, I will beat my body black and blue. It's not shadow boxing. Well, I just keep talking about it, but I, when I reach home, I don't deal with it. I don't remove them. I don't delete them. When I'm walking on the street, I don't make sure that I avoid places that I know I often have a problem with my eyes. Now, for example, if you struggle, well, a Christian that used to struggle with smoking, when they go and buy things off the counter, all those packets there, right? What does it mean, pluck your eye? Don't look. Because it's a trigger. We learned about triggers. The brain connects it straight away. That's why don't, don't fall into these kind of things. Your brain keeps getting triggered. If you never entered into this addiction, the trigger doesn't happen. Right? So each of us have our own trigger. Whatever it is, then when, you, when they make payment, they don't even look at it. Because they look, it triggers. Just take a packet. Say, I don't look. Then I reduce the trigger. That is what it means. Pluck it out. If your hands, whatever it is that you're doing, that, you're, they are, that you act on, whatever it is, God says, pluck off your hand. Means you're unable to do it. That is the point. I'm unable to see. I'm unable to do that thing. That is what it means. Do you go through these radical changes? So if we say that it, is, it has been difficult, I've given up, oh, it's the problem is always we have not done enough. We have not done enough. We quietly in our heart actually want to continue in that. That's why we procrastinate. it. We don't want to be doing anything radical against it. Families, if you're struggling with something, right, make radical changes in how you spend your time, how you spend your money. Radical changes. We are not as we ought to be. We still struggle with many of these things. They say, well, it's time to draw a plan. Set goals. Start coming for this, for that. Start taking Bible um, classes and so on. So if you don't, you won't change, all right? Radical changes, blue and black. Now then, the last R, verse 27. And bring it into subjection. Bring it into subjection. You need to rule. You need to rule your body. You need to rule it. You cannot say, well, uh, this is an area that is very difficult. It will always rule me. Now, this word comes from the word where we get slave, right? The, English, um, the Greek word is enslave it. So Paul says, I'm, I'm serious. I make radical changes in my training on this matter. And I enslave my body, literally. It, I do not let it enslave me, master me. Now, what does it really mean? Okay? Now, this enslave means to be, it literally means to be severe with it. 
strict with it, rigid with it, stern with it. Sounds like a very difficult Christian walk. Anyone who goes to the rehab centers, whether it's for alcoholism, whether it is for um, drug addiction, now they know that unless they take very severe and rigid control over their bodies, over their time usage, rigid, non-negotiable, even if I'm very tired, I am going to read the Bible. You see, the thing is this, Again, it goes back to this. Do you really rely on God? God's word says, I enslave my body. You see, you enslave your body, you will overcome in time. Do you believe it? Will you do it? Will you be strict and severe and stern with your usage of time? Or are you still procrastinate? Well, um, don't take things very seriously. This comes back to that, I'll do it when I feel like it. I feel, tonight I feel like reading the Bible, right? Tonight I feel like praying. Tonight I feel like going to church to study God's Word. Tonight I feel like, I feel like going this weekend to the nursing home. I feel. Now this is being very stern with your body. Your body says, ah, you know, it's been a very busy week. Do, we re- do you really want to go for prayer meeting tonight? Do you really want to study God's Word? Do you really want to do um, 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 dig His Word homework this week? Do you re- No? Please, don't talk to me like that. I'm not listening. We are going to do it. Right? Parents, you're used to being stern with your children. And children, you know what it is when parents are stern with you. That is how to behave, as far as the body is concerned. Now, notice that Paul talks about his body. Body. It is a body that you need to control. All right? I keep my body, I keep under my body. It is a real physical act. It is a real physical restricting of your body from doing something, seeing something, going somewhere. It is an actual restriction of the body. Yes, you can sin in your mind. Your mind can take you to places, can take you to, can bring you to do, um, uh, to, to lust and to have certain pleasures in your mind. Yes, it's true. But ultimately, you also need to control your body. Where your body does not go, where your eyes does not look, where your, um, where your hands does not handle or reach out for something, it will significantly reduce over time, especially what your mind will go after. You control your body very strictly. Now it's time I set goals. I will read the word. I will pray. I will be serious about the study. I will obey. I will memorize. I will learn. I will, I will keep at it. I mentioned last week, doctors tell the patients very clearly, restricting yourself, going into cold turkey is no use. It's insufficient. It's only half the formula. They always say it must be together it must be coupled with healthy activities because they know while the brain that, is, that you're trying to fix in terms, the side of the brain that you're trying to fix in terms of is, is pleasure centers relating pleasure to this and you want more of it, the dopamine center and all that, they also need to create 
new paths, new linkages that say these things, when I discipline myself to do these things, I keep doing them and they're healthy things. These are things that I should do. And now, like Paul said, the things that I ought to do, I do not now. Paul said, I keep doing it as God says so. Slowly, those pleasure centers will begin to relate with this. Remember Uncle Bernie? He would drive long distances from the north to attend Bible studies at night. And when the Bible college went on school holidays, he, he was like in, in um, what do you call it? Um, in, in cold Turkey, right? He said, I don't know what to do with my time. I'm very uncomfortable, right? I'm used to going to study the Word. And now there is nothing. Can you just please screen something? Because the mind has now developed new centers of pleasure. Now, why do you think God keeps telling us to um, study to show thyself approved? Study. That word study is pour your heart and soul and energy into it. Believe God's word. He said, you study, it will begin to change you. That is how it works. All right? Just like electricity, you plug it into the wall, you don't see it, but power begins to flow. Believe that. The word and prayer. You unplug it, you get power failure. That is why you fall. So finally, is the, this ruling of yourself is enslave yourself. Be strict with yourself. Come and when church preaches something, this is not strict enough. Paul says, I press towards the mark of the high calling. It means I press for perfection. Sinless perfection. We can never be sinlessly perfect. But Paul says, that is the goal I set. And I'm very strict with my time, my aims, my body, my usage of resources, my usage of time. The moment I, I have time, I, am very, I restrict my body and I am very strict, rigid with my routines. Parents, you know, right? The more rigid you are with your children's routine over time, they get into a very grooved thing. And when you tell them um, to do otherwise, they feel very uncomfortable because they're used to. The moment they come back, they take a shower. After shower, they sit down and have their meal. After shower, after their meal, they take a short nap. Then they get up and then they start doing their homework to prepare, to finish their homework so that they can take dinner and come to church. They get into, you get them into a routine. You understand that you're very rigid with them because you know it works, it works. And parents who did that, they begin to see their child get into their routine. They don't go to church. Even when you don't go to church, say, Daddy and Mommy, why aren't we going to church? You, you're not going, can auntie so-and-so, uncle so-and-so come and pick me? Because they are in a routine. Because of the rigidness that you put on them, right? So, it is no shortcut. But at the same time, there, um, there is nothing mysterious, all right? There is nothing mysterious. Trust and obey. You go and see a doctor, it gives you instructions, you go back and you do it. The more you are, you are strict with your body and disciplined with your body to do that, the faster the recovery. Isn't that true? It is simply that. Do you trust God? Do you rely on God? Well, that is what it means. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we bow before you and ask, O God, you know our hearts and what sins have been besetting us, been master over us all these years, that we feel that we can never overcome them. Oh, how foolish we are. If the Apostle Paul himself would struggle, knows the agony, even he needs to discipline himself, 
Lord, how much more us? So, Father, we do pray that if there be any in our midst that's going through this struggle, Lord, may your word truly work in their hearts. May they respond. Help each one of us, O God, that we will not fall into this end-time common sin of incontinence. We pray and we ask that you meet with us in the place of prayer as we cry for your kingdom, for each other, to do your work on earth. We ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.